on this week's show. Just the one interview for you, but it's a good one. Veteran goalkeeper Lee Hook tells us how he came from out of the cold to be Ramsgate's match-winning hero at the weekend. It was my fault. I missed the initial punch in the first place, so I, I had to take the penalty to redeem myself a little bit. So it, it built up for a nice bit of drama at the end of the game, though. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Nolly Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cullingham Plumbing and Heating. Uh, shorter show than usual this week. We've only got the one interview. It's completely my fault uh, because... It's now 10 o'clock on Thursday night, and six hours ago, I wasn't even in this country, so uh, completely my fault, Um, but we still wanted to bring you this interview and discuss all the action that's gone on, but it's probably not going to be your usual uh, hour-long show, because you've not got time to listen to it now, because it's going to be Friday by the time it's about. Uh, Anyway, I am John Phipps, as always, uh, who has had a hell of a week in Berlin. What a city, what a time. And on the line now is a man who, I don't like to go into too much with the discussions we had, but do you regret about two minutes ago when we were having our conversation, Matt? I do. I could have. I've basically. Um, yeah, but you, you, but you don't need to go any further than that. Journalism was was poor, really. I asked basic questions when I should have asked the the important questions. Absolutely, uh, and that's all we're going to say on that matter for now. Uh, as I say, we've only got the one interview for you this week, but it is a good one, and I hope that you're going to enjoy it. Uh, I will br- very briefly uh, talk about my week. Uh, I, for my birthday last year, I managed to get some tickets to go and see uh, my favourite band, which any regular listener of this show will know, are Biffy Clyro, who are playing in Berlin uh, on Wednesday night, and they were absolutely incredible off the chart i mean i've seen that band 30 plus times and that was up there with the very very best of them i took i went with a good friend of mine called chris uh who's on his way back to lincoln now after uh, our adventure we had a few drinks on tuesday night well, a lot of drinks on tuesday night uh, and then on wednesday night uh, we went to the concert did all the sightseeing stuff saw the berlin wall the brandenburg gate and everything like that i, I you just saying, Matt. You've only been to Berlin once. I've only been there once, but I want to go back. What, what so for a capital city? How chilled out is it? It's just lovely. I went for the um, German Cup final and had a weekend there. First of all, the train station is worth going just for the train station because it's amazing. Um, yeah, I had a checkpoint, Charlie. Um, my German friend took me around. It was very chilled and it's a very cool place and uh, everybody was very friendly. Lovely parks there and so. Uh, yeah, it's one of those places that I probably should take my wife. There's a lot of places I should take my wife abroad that I've been that she hasn't been. So, um, yes, a good place. I'd, I'd definitely recommend Berlin, yes. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, I just love and, the and, vibe. And I have to say, it's the best, one of the best football stadiums I've been to as well, but even though you're miles away from the pitch. It's just worth wandering outside because of the architecture of it. It's just phenomenal. Yeah, they call it the crabble of, of, uh, of Germany, <laughs> don't they? Yeah, crap. Yeah, well, yeah, you go. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely fantastic. If you've never been to Berlin, uh, I really, really recommend it. And if you do uh, go there and you fancy some uh, some craft beer, drop me a message and I will tell you where to go. Because trust me, we found some places. Uh, it's our 226th episode this week. Um, and believe this or not, Matt, apparently there was a fish that lived to be 226 years old. How the hell can I prove that? Well, this is the thing. So the fish is called Hanako. It was a scarlet koi fish. Uh, it was in Japan. Uh, the name Hanako translates to flower child. Um, she was reported to be 226 years old. Her age had been determined in 1966 by removing two of her scales and examining them extensively. Um, she was 28 inches long and weighed 17 pounds. And it was determined that at that point she was 215 years old. 
Um, and then in July 1974, they came up with the 226 number. They think that uh, that is the longest living koi fish ever recorded. The average koi fish lives to 15. Well, 220. That is a knock, isn't it? You know, I mean, I, I'm 41. Was she eating all the other fish or something? God knows. I'm 41. And, you know, I'm I'm not naive. I know I'm not going to live forever. Um, but I think at 226, I'd be a bit bored. Well, especially as all your mates died 210 years ago as well. So, uh, with that, so, yeah. Fair play to it, yeah. yeah Useless information, 226, but there you go. I need that's to bring that up in conversation. That's what, oh, you, you know you what, need- that... That's one of my favourite ones of those we've had for a long time. Uh, it's a shame, really, uh, that even though people won't know their sense of the wonderful editing, that I don't remember to do this halfway through the show, isn't it? Well, well, well good. I think if people should, if they listen to this, bring up, they bring that up in conversation this week to a loved one or a friend. Just say, did you know there were fish that lived to 226? And, and they then tell them the same conversation. Yeah. And then tell them where you learned that fact as well. So. Exactly, yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's get on with the show. And we'll start with our interview this week. Uh, well, it was quite a week for Lee Hook. On Saturday morning, he didn't even realise he was going to be playing. Yeah. And by five o'clock, he'd saved a match-winning last-minute penalty against Lansing as the Rams went top of the table. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, Lee Hook, a very, very experienced man uh, around the county. He's been on the show before. And here he is again. Matt spoke to him on Sunday. Yeah, it was all a bit last minute, really. I, I turned up at the ground um, about quarter past one and got called in and I got told that obviously Josh's wife had gone into labour. So it was all a bit of a rush. And then uh, I said, uh, I've got my gloves, can I play? And I said, yeah, and, and, and that was it, really. Which probably done me a bit of a favour, no, without having the preparation. Just got my mind straight out of the game and straight into it. But, but yeah, again, you, you've had a, a decent career in non-league, a lot of games for Eastbourne. Um, you've been involved football heavily. Was there a few nerves going back in to, to play? I, I, I think that, I mean, there's always a bit of nerves. I mean, people that say they don't get nervous before games, I, I, don't, I don't think they're quite right. I did, you always get nervous before a game, but that's a good thing. You thrive off that energy. And, and for me, um, like I said, it, I'd probably be more nervous if I'd have known the night before what was happening. Do you know what I mean? It was, it's, it's one of those things where you turn up and you get thrown on you and you have to deal with it. And, and that's what I did. And, and like I say, I enjoyed, I enjoyed my run out. But, but as a goalkeeping coach, you're coaching other goalkeepers. So arguably you're still fit. You're still dealing with the balls. Had much? Do you still have that sharpness? Yeah, well, I, to be honest, I, I do a lot of the shooting drills. Um, not just the training, but in the warm-up as well. I jump in the goal and, 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 and keep myself fit and look after myself and that. So um, I, I'm, I know for a fact they wouldn't have asked me to do it if they didn't think I was... Uh, capable of, or didn't think I was fit enough and um, um, I've got my own personal pride as well if, if, if I wasn't sure or, or I didn't feel I could do myself justice then I'd, I'd hung my gloves up a long time ago but no I, I say I'm, I'm fit and, and I'm ready to step in whenever they need me to Going back to that 93rd minute firstly was it a penalty? Yeah it was a penalty but it was a, it was my fault I, I missed the initial punch in the first place so I, I had to save the penalty to redeem myself a little bit so it, it built up for a nice bit of drama at the end of the game, though. What was that feeling as a goalkeeper? Do you always go the right way or do you look at the player? You don't have any homework. Yeah, You've got no idea yeah, what he's going to do. Well, to be honest, he was, he was quite a young lad in that. So I, I tried to try wave him one way and, and I went the other. So, um, But yeah, and, and if, it, to be honest, if he struck it the way he struck it and you go the right way, you saved that one, to be honest, because he didn't put much behind it. But... That you've got to go the right way to save a penalty, and, and that's what I've done. Uh, I think I was, to be honest, I was more pleased with the saves I made towards the end of the game to keep us in it after and before the penalty, to be honest. 
So, you, you know, you still get the buzz. Again, you've been involved, say, football a long time. You still get the buzz of, you know, saving saving footballs and saving a last-minute yeah, penalty. I, I, I mean, I, I, the buzz for me is being in around the lads and, and keeping myself young. I mean, I've been, been involved with Ashford uh, recently over the last three seasons and that, and they had a good young team there. We've always been in the, in the playoffs and been in the uh, promotion finals and playoff finals. So it's it's kept me young, kept me the buzz, and it's kept me in. And, and the same at Ramsgate, a good young team, and, it's, and I thrive on that. And, and being involved in the changing rooms and having a laugh, and, and that keeps me going. Yeah, you, you, you come from a, a big goalkeeper in your family. Your dad used to play as well, and things like yeah, that. He's still regarded down at Ramsgate as well because he was playing. He played down there, so I get all the old stories from all the old fans still down there. They, he's held in high regard down there for sure. I, I saw you a couple of weeks ago in Marks, and you looked pretty fit then. And you had your son with you. Is your son a goalkeeper? or Was he out for? No, bloke? my my son's a centre forward. He plays. <laughs> I managed a team at Ramsgate. We're we're under eights, but we're playing up a year at under nines because I've got three or four quite useful players, including my son, who's who's doing well himself at the moment. So. Half the reason of me going back to Ramsgate is because I'm involved with the youth there as well. I do one-to-one sessions with with a lot of the keepers, the, the girl keepers, boy keepers down there, which keeps me young and I keep enjoying it. Got passing my knowledge back down to them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Talking about Ramsgate, good community feel about the club. Steve Lovell, very experienced manager. Um, apart from you know, apart from the cup, which was disappointed, the league's going pretty well. At, um, this season, what do you think the expectations are? You know this league pretty well. You think you've got a yeah, chance of promotion? I've, I've, I think the expectations for us, to be honest, is, is that we we want promotion, and that's that's the aim, and that's what we're looking at. And we've started okay. I mean, we seem to play good for forty-five minutes in, in ninety at the moment, but we seem to be getting away with it a little bit. We can't carry on doing that, obviously. But yeah, we're picking up points from games that really that that, that might have draws or defeats written all over them. So yeah, we started well, but there's more to come from us than that. And with, with Steve and Mark there, both know the game, both know this level. Um, and, and I say Steve's got plenty of experience in that so yeah we're, we're, we're in good shape at the moment but we can improve mate uh, uh, and what about you personally have you been knocking on the manager's door saying right I've saved the job here if Josh is unavailable I want to be. I want the number one jersey <laughs> well no no we've got a game Tuesday night so I'm not Tim Mann at the moment <laughs> so yeah, uh, I've heard Josh is back for that one so which I'm grateful for I mean well, I, like I say I, I'm I'll keep myself fit and look after myself and that, but two games in that short space of time might be a bit of a stretch for me. But, like I say, hopefully Josh is back for, for, for Tuesday night and then I can take my place back on the bench. You, you said about that. Did you wake up on Sunday morning? You you, you can feel it, can you? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I think any 43-year-old would have just <laughs> played 90 minutes and been, and been as busy as I was. You would be feeling it. But no, it's, it's, it's all good. It's... You feel it a bit less when you've got three points and you've done all right. Do you know what I mean? So you you get up and you have a stretch and that, and you feel not too bad. And I'm I'm the same. Has me a couple of days to go with it, but I'm, I'll be back back Tuesday night joining in with the shooting and that, so I'll be fine. I know you're a bit of a character. Did you walk in the uh, dressing room at the final whistle like Conor McGregor walking in there? What was <laughs> what were the, what... in the bar after I did that? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to buy a drink that on, the, on after Saturday night, did you? No, no, no. I've got I've got a couple of some fans and that and. And the management got me one as well. So yeah, no, he's a, I had two or three points I didn't have to pay for, so that was good. And you've had a, you've had a good career. Where does that stand in your career? I suppose at your age, I know you know we've got you on the show because of, of your age and something like that. Where does it stand in your career? That last minute penalty save, it must have been a great feeling. Oh it's, yeah, it's always a great feeling. And I suppose at this stage in my career, you you have to wonder when your next opportunity or your next moment like that will come. And and 
for me, it's it's been a good little while since I've had something like that to to, to celebrate on and to enjoy. So, yeah, no, it's, it's a lovely feeling. It's a great feeling. And now, I mean, I've had plenty of highs and plenty of lows in my career. Obviously, it's still going on now. And I'll, I'll say I've had probably 25, 26 years in the game. So it's yeah, it's, it's up there. But like I say, it's uh, it was, it's more nice nice of making the saves that I made rather than just the penalty. We focus on the penalty because it was it was at the end of the game and it was a big moment. But there was, there was a couple of other saves before and I was saying after that that I enjoyed more because obviously the, the, it meant more in the game as such. Matt, I've got to be honest and say that you interviewing a footballer older than me has put a smile on my face. Yeah, OK. I thought he was, to be fair, I thought he was a bit older than that. But yeah, he's a character, OK. He's always has been very... So I saw him a couple of weeks ago in March as I said in that interview. And he looks fit. He had, you know, he um, he looked fit. He had his young child with him. And he said, oh, he, he said he, you know, he loved it. Ashford, he's Ramsgate. He, you know, he's always lived in Ramsgate. He works for a big company over here. So Ramsgate is his sort of thing. And, and again, I don't think he expected to play. He's always been on the bench because he's always reliable, always been fit. And probably hasn't really played regularly for a long, long time. Come off the bench. Um, I don't know if you've seen the penalty save. It's not the greatest penalty in the world, but he saved it. But playing that game, um, it was really pleasing for him because he's one of the good guys. Hook. He's been around. Um, and it was what people say. Any any player who's been in the same dressing with him, he's great in the dressing room and he's a very good goalkeeper and he's turned into a very good goalkeeping coach. So delighted for them and delighted for Ramsgate as well, who are having a fantastic season so far, apart from the cup. But again, bread and butter, doing very well. Yes, it was a 2-1 win uh, for Ramsgate on Saturday. And he did mention they were going to be playing on Tuesday night and, and they followed that up with a 3-1 win uh, at Faversham. And, and I guess, Matt, we, we were expecting Ramsgate to, to have a pretty good season. And, and so it's proving unbeaten in the league. Um, 12 goals, four. I think that's the most of anyone in that division uh, at this early stage. And they're getting results that, and that's all, that's all they can do. And as you said, their promotion is the aim. We all know promotion is the aim. They've got a really, really good squad of players and, and they're lucky that they've got Lee Hook, as you say, because he's dependable, he's there, he's experienced. And, you know, a lot of other teams at this level, if their goalkeeper all of a sudden said on Saturday morning, I can't come to play, and congratulations to Josh as well, um, I, I suppose, if, if, assuming that that all went well, Um but a lot of other clubs in that division would be really, really up against it if their goalkeeper pulled out on the morning of a game. Well, I think it's just the organisation. Um, you know, Ramsgate, we know what they do community-wise. Steve Lovell, good manager, has a good backroom staff. I think um, one of the things he wanted was to get Lee Hook in from Ashford. He'd been at Ashford for a while with Tommy and done very well. And you look at Ramsgate, probably from about up till March, you think, oh, they're going to be up there. They're going to get in the playoffs. They're going to get promoted. Then they had that Blip, we saw the manager Longhurst sacked. Um, disappointing end to the season, but they've started this season well. Um, good at home, good crowds. They're in a good position. They say 12 goals could score in six games. That's a good average. And somebody's taking that league by the ball by the horns. At the moment, it's Ramsgate. You know, and they've got Steve Lovell. Steve Lovell should have been managing at higher, arguably, but Ramsgate have got a good manager there. And you, know, you expect them to be there. Could they run away with it? Interesting to see how they get on. But they've got a good squad with good young players and that mixture of experience, people like Jamie Coyle as well. So, um, yeah, exciting times for Ramsgate. You know, a few years ago, they nearly got into National South, didn't they? Missing out of the playoffs. So, um, get back to those levels. It'll be pleasing for them. 
Yeah, I think it's it. it we've talked about the potential of Ramsgate uh, many, many times, and the way they've built the club. You know, they've got the three G pitch down there, and that's all going really well. And it's just it's fantastic to see them having a good start to the season. And I know that they're going to be thinking that their number one thing is they want a fan at Derby in the league next year. And the, the way for them to get that is to get promoted out of this league. And, and you know, they, they've been, the last few years, they've been very consistent in and, in and around it. They've just, they've been close a couple of times. And, you know, we've got a lot of teams from, from Kent in that division. But I would really, really hope that uh, Ramsgate, some good people there, uh, a club that I've got a real affection for. You know, there's a lot of clubs, that I do like in this, that we cover. But Ramsgate and Margate do always mean a lot to me because they were the clubs that I covered when I really got back into covering non-league football in Kent. And, you know, I, I've had some amazing afternoons down at Southwood. I've, I've, I've got a lot of people down there that I'm really pleased uh, that they're having a good time. And long way it continue for Ramsgate because they're doing everything right. They've built the stadium up, they've built the pitch, they're, they're get, doing all the work in the community. And now it's all coming to fruition on the pitch. So, only six games gone. There's a long way to go in the season, but a very, very good start. And I'm pleased with them, Matt. And, and you know, you don't live far from there, and you must be pleased with them as well. Yeah, I know a few people who go at work and go to the thing. Um, the kids really enjoy it because they're big in the community. Uh, I think um, it's a community feel about it, and there is a bit of a buzz around, and they're doing well. And of course, when they play Margate, um, it is a big game, even though the game in the friendlies, it's it's a big thing for the area. So. Now, we've had this discussion before. Does that it should have two football clubs? You speak to the fans, definitely should do. And they're both going, hopefully going in the right direction with Margate having their ground done as well. So, um, yeah, where I am, um, hopefully football can, can improve. And it'd be fantastic if they were both in the same division because it it will really um, add a little bit of bite and uh, uh, excitement to the area. Yes, absolutely. It'd be fantastic for Kent football as a whole as well to have another team uh, up in that level. Uh, Beckham dropped points for the first time on Tuesday. We'll be talking about what they did at the weekend, though, in a moment, uh, as they were held nil-nil at Cray Valley. The rest of the results uh, over the week in the Eastman League South. Sheffield United got their first league win of the season on Saturday. Jack Midson doing it himself, scoring the only goal as they won 1-0 at East Grinstead. It was the same score for VCD in their win at Faversham. And uh, Ramsgate, as we all discussed, two on winners over Lansing. Uh, then on Tuesday night, Beckenham nil, Cray Valley nil. It was Favisham one, Ramsgate three, as we've already mentioned. Uh, Sittingbourne two, High Town three, bit of a cracker that one. And VCD Athletic two on winners over seven Oaks. VCD ten points from their first six games, up into fifth place. Very good, very very good start to the season for them. And there was one game uh, on Wednesday night which finished Corinthian nil, Ashford United four. Gary Lockyer uh, was announced as having returned after his short spell at Cray Wanderers and even shorter one at Lidtown. Uh, Announces having returned to Ashford and he marked his return with a start uh, and two goals, uh, a result which leaves Corinthian at the foot of the table, just the one point for them in their five games. But looking at this league table, Matt, I'll tell you what's really surprising me with where they are. Seven Oaks Town, 17th, four points. I know they've got they've had the FA Cup and everything like that, but I was expecting them to have a much, much better start to the season and, and I was expecting them to be one of the, the front runners. Yeah, we thought that back in the last season. Um, the new manager came in, did really well. Yeah, it was, again, the FA Cup's gone well for them. That's all you can ask for. Um, bizarrely, how they still only play, some players have played less games than them, but they're still in the Cup. But yeah, I think um, I think they'll probably come good. Scoring goals has been a problem, isn't it? Four goals in there, opening five games. Um, and they won the, won in the Cup, well, I got one goal to nil. Yeah, I think um, room for improvement. 
as we thought they could we thought they could be one of the sides that um will be at the top end of the table so um another surprise is Ashford being up there Chatham as well of course only played four games yeah I still think seven eights will come good Yes, let's hope so. Let's hope that there's uh, still a long way to go for the teams that are at the bottom of the table. Uh, and obviously those at the top will know that as well. And uh, let's move on then and talk about the FA Cup, which was the big story uh, on Saturday. Some uh, very, very interesting results and very disappointing results. Uh, leading the disappointing results are Tombridge Angels. They were beaten 4-0 at Binfield. Uh, but at the other end of the scale, what a result for Beckenham Town, Matt. I mean, Dartford finished the game with nine men. Um, Luke Coulson injured. He, he did that the other week as well, didn't he? When he was at, when he was at Bromley, he had to uh, go off and they, and they finished the game with uh, with men down. Uh, and a late red card as well um, for the darts. But that is an unbelievable result for Beckham. I, the first time they've ever reached the third qualifying round of the FA Cup. Delighted for, for the people there. I, I, we've had Billy Walton on a couple of times. Uh, we had the, the goalkeeping coach Phil on as well. And and Phil, who does the uh, the media for them, Brilliant. And and my friend Milton as well. I'm so, so pleased for Beckham. It's a shocker of a result for Dartford and Dartford will be devastated by that. But let's not talk about Dartford and let's talk about the brilliance of Beckham. Unbelievable result. Unbelievable result. Dartford haven't been great at home, but I spoke to, well, to be fair, I spoke to Dowson a few days before when they played at this Dover and he was wary about them and he'd rather them watched and he, um, wasn't concerned, but I thought he had enough to do it. But a little bit of pressure on Dartford. Beckenham, it's the old adage, John. They're used to winning football matches and probably didn't go any fear. Nobody expected them to go to Dartford and get a result and to get a late, late winner. You could see what the celebrations meant. Absolutely fantastic. And they've been on a crest of a wave. And you look at it, was that probably the best decision they ever made was to move from the scaffold? Well, I mean, it wasn't their decision, was yeah, it? They, but, they were shifted across, but it worked out so well for them because yeah. where it really played into their hands was that the scaffold last year was was ridiculous with the, the standard that, were, that was provided by Chatham and Sheppey. And we don't know how well Beckham would have done in that league because they had been very, very good the last couple of years. It might have turned into a three-horse race, but the advantage for Beckham that they were in a different division meant that all three of those teams were able to get promoted. Three exceptional step five teams in Kent, and they all managed to get promoted. And, you know, like you say, it's worked out so often. They're used to winning football matches. They kept so much of last season's squad together as well. They've got some experienced players in there. And it's it's a phenomenal result. It uh, it is the result of the weekend from a Kent point of view. And, you know, as I say, delighted for them. They got a good tie in the next round as well, which we'll discuss in a moment. But just just phenomenal. What an achievement. And everyone at Beckenham, especially after everything that happened at the back end of last season uh, and all the unnecessary stuff that went on there, that was obviously, if you've not heard that, completely false. Um, they needed a boost and their team are giving them that. They're unbeaten in the league and they're in the FA Cup third qualifying round. Phenomenal. Yeah. I, I, hats off to everybody concerned with the club. Um, to get to the third round, third qualifying round of the FA Cup, you can smell the first round from there. Um, there's a long way to go, but for the side at that level and the level they were playing last season, absolutely fantastic. And fingers crossed that they can uh, go a little bit further as well. But yeah, again, everybody, you know, hard work. When you do your hard work, it, it can pay off for some of these clubs. Yeah, also making it through in the FA Cup 
uh, were Ebbsfleet United, who beat Dover Athletic by two goals to nil. Folks and Victor saw off Chichester 3-0. Seven Lakes Town, 1-0 winners at Phoenix Sports. And then Welling United also made it through. They needed a replay, though, uh, uh, winning 3-0 at Fisher on Tuesday night after a goalless draw. And Herne Bay also made it through as they beat Ashford United. Uh, exits, though, for Cray Valley against Hanwell Town. Margate beaten at Dulwich Hamlet. And Chatham, who were beaten by Walton Hersham after a replay, uh, which finished 2-2 uh, in the first game, which was live on the BBC Sport website. I did watch a little bit of it. And um, Emmanuel Oliedi, apparently he's taken it well, but what a miss. I don't know if you've seen it, Matt, but basically it's on the BBC Sport website. Um, The ball comes across and I would probably say um, he is two inches out and he somehow doesn't connect with the ball. And it goes across the face of goal and goes behind. Um, I think they, they were trailing 2-1 at the time. So they they managed to get out and get the replay. Uh, but then obviously followed that up with a, a really disappointing result on Tuesday night. I think I kind of expected that they would um, they would do better than that, losing 3-1 at home to Wharton Hersham. But Chatham's FA Cup run is over. But as you said, they've had a good start to the league season as well. So the draw for the next round of FA Cup was a bit of a stinker. Um, the best tie, really, for any of our teams uh, is that Beckenham tie. They're at home to Binfield. Conquerors of Tunbridge Angels, another side who know how to win football matches. Uh, promoted like the Becks last season, I believe. Um, great result for them against Angels. They beat Deal in the Vars a couple of years ago as well. So they're a dangerous opponent. But Beckenham are at home. They've got to be pleased with that. Uh, Ebbsfleet United away to Cray Valley Conquerors. Uh, Hanwell Town. Folks and Victor also away to a, a team who knocked out a Kent side uh, in the shape of Dulwich Hamlet. It's Hendon against Herne Bay and uh, Welling United will go to Weymouth. And I, I genuinely don't know this, Matt, but I'm assuming Bath City beat Hartley Wintney. Any they ideas? Did. They did. They did late in extra time, apparently. There we go. So Seven Oaks Town will travel to Bath City, which is a great tie for Seven Oaks to go to a, a wonderful football stadium uh, out at Twerton Park. And that'd be absolutely great uh, for them. So, um, yeah, I have so, to say, though, John, we've been doing this for a while. Is that the worst draws we've had for our sides in, in the competition? None of them, all of them, are, you probably think Ebbsleet should be OK, but the rest of them, you're thinking, well, we could be struggling here. Yeah, absolutely. It's an absolute shocker of a, of a draw. I think uh, Welling will be a little bit confident down at yeah. uh, an out-of-sorts Weymouth, I suppose. Um, Chatham would have gone to Taunton, so they wouldn't have had a, a great yeah. tie either. But, yeah, all those teams, well, apart, apart from... Uh, apart from Herne Bay, who are a team in the, in the same league as them, and Beckenham's got a team at the same level as them, that those away ties, apart from Fleet, you know, they're all at higher level opponents. Yeah, so tough, our tough sides things. go into this not as the favourites, and that's tough. Um, so yeah, really, really um, disappointing for those. Uh, we'll review we'll review them a bit next week, but there's some tough. Yeah, it wasn't and with only one side being at home as well was bit of a kicker really we wanted some of the sides to be at home but fingers crossed Beckenham can do it uh, it's the FA Trophy for our Eastman League South East sides this weekend the ones that are still left in the competition uh, Ashford are at home to Three Bridges uh, it's Chatham Town against Stowmarket Town Corinthian at home to Whitehawk Cray Valley PM host East Thurrock United Seven Oaks Town at home to Hartford Town and it's Sittingbourne against Burgess Hill uh, while Faversham are in action on Sunday uh, in that same competition as they travel to face FC Romania, uh, who play at Chessant, if you ever have been interested in that. We're really rushing through this here, and I hold my hands up. I know absolutely nothing about um, about any of this. Uh, let's move on then to the Isthmian League Premier Division, uh, where Herne Bay finally played their first home game uh, on Tuesday night. Their first game at, uh, at Winchesfield this season on their new pitch, 
and lost 6-0 at home. Uh, very, very disappointing for them against Hornchurch. Uh, reports were that Herm Pay actually played quite well and Hornchurch just defended well and were absolutely clearly called the top of the league, Hornchurch. Um, and and I, I guess a disappointing result for Herm Bay. They'd, they'd won on in Sunday in the FA Cup and there would have been excitement at their first home game on, on their pitch. But then on the flip side of that, their first home game on their pitch was on a Tuesday night against bloody Hornchurch. You know, so the, 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 I'm guessing there probably wasn't the fanfare that there perhaps uh, may have been, if that's fair. Uh, Wednesday night, uh, there was defeat for Cray Wanderers at home to Hastings. Uh, currently in the league table there, Cray Wanderers are sixth with 12 points from eight games. Folkestone 7th with 11 from six. Uh, Margate in 14th with eight from six. And Herne Bay are bottom of the table at the moment, four points for them from their seven games. But I'm sure it's a learning curve for Ben Smith and that defeat will will no doubt make him a better manager and they'll come out of it better, won't they? Yeah. Hornchurch, you know, you look at the firepower of the players that Hornchurch have got, they're going to score goals. Um, we see where Herne Bay have come over the last couple of years. Ah, disappointing on their um, first game back, but they'll have to learn from this. They're still in the FA Cup. Forget about Tuesday. As I've said in, this, in the pod recently, the games I've seen, teams are being clinical. If they take the chances, and you can't react, it's going to be a difficult evening or afternoon. So that's clearly what Hornchurch, who clearly look like they could be one of the favourites, um, are going to do. Yeah, disappointing result, but move on. Um, bigger fish to fry later on in the season. We know what Crown Bay's ambitions are. Um, if, they, if they can stay up in this division, I think it'd be a fantastic achievement. Absolutely. They travel to Averley uh, on Saturday. Averley have had quite the season as well. They are joint top with Hornchurch on, uh, on, on 15 points from seven games. Uh, five wins, two defeats, yet they've got a negative goal difference. They must have had a shoeing in there somewhere along the lines. Um, also on Saturday, folks in Victor are at home to Potter's Bar Town. Uh, Cray Wanderers travel to face Hornchurch and Margate are at home to Enfield. We've already talked about our National League South side, so we'll just quickly uh, look at the fixtures for them this weekend. On Saturday in the National League South, Tom Angels travel to Chessant. It's Dartford against Hampton Richmond. Ebbsfleet take their 100% record to Hungerford. It's Welling against Havant and Waterlooville. And Dover have the lovely short trip uh, to Weymouth. You played them last season, didn't you? Did, did you get a result there? Or did you nearly get a result there or did you just get stuffed again? Drew. Drew one all down there. Um, oh, was, was that the result that got you onto into positive points? No, that was no, that was early. I think it was our first point of the season down there. Wow. Um, um, yeah, big weekend because the, the the fan base has turned a little bit. So, um, big, you know, two big games for David coming up. Weymouth have, have had a tough start to the season. They've got a new so, manager, haven't they? So, yeah, but so. You would think that you would think that Dover will be looking at that one, and thinking we've we've got half a chance here. Yeah. I take it you just want to leave it at that. Uh, games on Tuesday night as well uh, in that division as uh, Dartford host Eastbourne, Bar 8, Hemel Hempstead against Tunbridge Angels, Ebbsfleet go to Oxford City. And you're off to part of your road, aren't you? Yes. To see the Warren Feeney revolution yes. as Welling United take on Dover Athletic. And I'll be interested to know how Welling are shaping up because they're, they're doing OK. They're, they're, they've had a good start to the season and um, you know, enjoying seeing how, how they're progressing. And I'll look forward to hearing from you how, how they look. Yeah, look, looking forward to catching up with Nigel. Um, yeah, well, in, and I'm a big fan of Stefan Payne. I know controversial. Stefan Payne for me was a better player than Ricky Miller. Um, he's scoring goals. I think Warren Feeney, from what I'm hearing, 
he's a good manager, um, good community around about Welling, good board around it. So, yeah, interesting to see, you know, the new look Welling. Um, I'd have seen, apart from Tunbridge, I'd have seen all this main sides in the, in the National League South and the Kent side. So, uh, we'll see how it goes. Should be an interesting afternoon or interesting evening. So, uh, to see a new look Welling. Um, and they say it's a big it's a big couple of games here for Dover because if they don't get any points for that, they're going to be in the relegation zone. Yes. Uh, let's move on to the Southern Counties East League. Then we've already talked about Fisher and Phoenix Sports uh, weekend travails. Um, in the league on Saturday, some really, really good games, actually. Canterbury City finished 3-3 uh, with Irritown. A hat-trick for Seb Rowland for Canterbury. Uh, and they were 3-1 up in that game, having trailed 1-0. But two late goals for Irritown. They're a side who don't know when they're beaten. Um, and, uh, you know, I think they're, they're they're in good form at the moment and they've showed some real spirit there to come back and get a point. It was deal five, Holmesdale nil, Glebe three, K-Sports one, uh, Tunbridge Wells two, Hollands and Blair two, and Whitstable Town three, Rostall two. Uh, on Glebe, incidentally, um, very, very much changed squad there on Saturday. And there's a few whispers doing the rounds that all is not well uh, in the current regime uh, at Glebe uh, with, with what's going on. Um, with uh, with with the start of the season they've had, you know, they were among the favourites uh, for the campaign, and uh, at the moment it's not working out for them. So um, we shall see what happens uh, going forward, I suppose, Matt. Yeah, yeah, was, we did hear a few rumours that maybe not as much money's going in. They've had a disappointing start for the season. We expect them to be higher. Um, we'll keep an eye on that story because it might be one that develops. Yes, it was the. There were some Kent Senior Trophy games as well on Saturday. Lordswood 4-2 winners over West Wickham. Kennington 4-0 winners at FC Elmstead. Beersted 3-0 winners over Staples Monarchs. Uh, that then continued on Tuesday night with a 2-1 win for Irithan Belvedere over Wellington. Uh, and then the Scaffold Challenge Cup started on Wednesday with Irithan 4-1 winners against FC Elmstead. Uh, FA Vars for a lot of these teams this weekend. Matt, you, you know I love an FA Vars mm-hmm. week because we get to hear about all sorts of weird and wacky and wonderful places. Uh, so this weekend we have got, is everybody ready? Beersted at home to Arundel, Brydon Ropes against Phoenix Sports, Broadbridge Heath against Irith and Belvedere, Irith Town take on Rochester United, FC Elmstead against Deal Town, it's Forest Hill Park against Fisher, Hawley Town against Honesdale, uh, K Sports meet Rustall, so that's a scaffold side guarantee to be through, not for the first time as this list. Another one here as well, Larkfield against uh, and VP, and again, Lidtown against Hollands and Blair. Wellingtown travel to Peacehaven and Telscombe. And another all scaffold tie. Uh, First Division against Premier Division as Snodland Town host Sutton Athletic. Uh, game on Sunday in that competition as well. Kennington against Punjab United. So we're going to lose some teams, Matt, but we're also going to get quite a few through. Yeah. Um, I know Deal are taking it seriously. They'd like to go um, the history they've got in the competition. Couple of a couple of decent looking games there. Lid against Hollands and Blair will be interesting because Lid have had a good start to the season. Um, it doesn't there's not any really random places at the moment, is there? I would say that we're, no, we can no, really that think was a about. solid list, wasn't it? There wasn't anywhere that so, I there would only think that yeah, I think bloody hell, where the hell is that? So um, so yeah, important round for some of these clubs if they can get through on these. So yeah, from from our point of view, so, yeah, some decent looking ties though. So uh, Kennings against Pudjar will be a decent game as well. So yeah, some decent stuff there. Absolutely. A couple of games in the scaffold itself as well. Well, one on Saturday uh, in the Premier Division, Stansfield against Tunbridge Wells. Uh, that should be a good game as well, an interesting one. Um, obviously, they're in the Vars later on um, uh, because of their progress last year, both of those two. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. Stansfield, as we've said before, have had a very, very good start to the season. Uh, in the First Division, 
Uh, on Saturday, it was AFC Whiteleaf 3, Rochester United 0, Bermondsey Town 1, Snodland Town 4, Croydon 1, Brydon Ropes 3, Forest Hill Park 1, Faversham Strikeforce 1, Greenways 2, Lewisham Borough 3, Lidtown 2, Larkfield and New Hyde 1, Tootingbeck 2, SC Thamesmead 1. And then on Wednesday night, it was Tootingbeck 1, Lewisham Borough 4. And it's, it's looking interesting, the first division, actually, Matt, uh, even at this early stage of the season, because we're seeing the odd shock result. Um Fabrice and Strikeforce, they're still second in the table. Lid Town are top uh, with their 19 points from their games. Snodland Town and Larkfield and New High, the third and fourth. And they were the teams that we were all expecting to be the front runners. Um, it's, it's very, very interesting, isn't it? Yeah, again, Lid, always since we've been doing this, and people, um, my mate's nephew who plays, they've always sort of been middle to bottom of the table, having a great start to the season. Uh, you know, Again, Famisham Strike Force, we know they're unbeaten. They've got, we had the manager on a couple of weeks ago or last week. Snodland, again, Snodland and Larkfield and New High. Again, but they're not, they're not running away with it and they're losing football matches. But again, in this division, goals, goals, goals. A lot of sides scoring a lot of goals, but a lot of teams conceded a lot as well. So, uh, interesting times ahead. But, well, fantastic. Lead to get promoted. What, a, what an achievement that would be. Yeah, uh, again, with the FA Vars in focus, not a lot of fixtures. Uh, around in that division over the course of the week. Just the one game on Saturday, Bermondsey against Forest Hill Park. And then on Monday night, we've got Greenways against Staples, Monarchs and Sporting Club Thamesmead against Forest Hill Park. And then on Tuesday, FC Whiteleaf against Tooting Beck. Big game on Wednesday in that division as well, Matt. Uh, Faversham Strikeforce against Snodland Town, um, while Lewisham Borough host Meridian VP. There's also some games on Wednesday night in the Scaffold Premier Division as well. Homestyle against Stansfeld, Russell against Phoenix Sports and Sutton Athletic against Wellingtown. Uh, we did mention the big derby in the National League until yet. Maidstone United have had an all right start, but it's just these these big defeats, Matt, beating 3-0 at Bromley. Yeah, I think the waveform has been a little bit concerning because they've conceded a lot of goals and looking at those goals and the sort of the highlights. Um, in and around the penalty area, Bromley, again, clinical, reacted a little bit different. Um, I think the manager said, how can I reckon that Defensively, they struggled a bit. Haven't really sort of had a solid back four. Yusuf Merson's been in goal all season. Interesting, Tom Hadler, who played a lot last season. Maybe he'll be. Maybe he'll get an opportunity. You know, Maystone will be fine, but I think disappointing defeats away from home shows how important the home games will be. And they've got a big game this weekend against the league leaders. Absolutely, Chesterfield visitors uh, on Saturday, and it's Bromley against Oldham uh, as well in, in in that division. And, and Bromley. You know, we kind of talked about them winning a, a big derby game quite comfortably and then went straight away and spoke about the other team. Uh, it's not been perhaps as, as good a start as, as they might have wanted, but they're moving in the right direction. But it looks to me like this is going to be a really, really tough division this time around. Now, there's some big sides in that division. Bromley, I think, got a good base. I think uh, they've got a good experienced side. I think they a good spine of the team. Um, Reese Charles Cook, who I rate as a goalkeeper. I think you got looking on there. You got their player of the month. He's a good keeper. Marriott scores goals at that level as well. They just sort of tinkered what they had last year, and I think they've upgraded in various areas. Yeah, I think Bromley are going to be okay. If Bromley get in the playoffs, it's a fantastic achievement because there's sides who've got a lot more money in that division who are desperate to get up. Bromley are going in. The, Bromley are an ambitious club, which I think means a lot, and they'll be quite happy. And I think they will be they will be around, in and around it. And, if it. and if it comes to it, they will invest to go, to go a bit of thing. I'm waffling on a little bit here. 
but yeah, Bromley are going to be okay, but in a tough, tough division with money being thrown around considerably. Yeah, it's been a, a, an interesting start to the season uh, across that division, not just for our Kent clubs, but all around. And, and some of the results that have been there have been very, very eye-catching. Anyway, uh, we're going to wrap this up because this has been really, really bad. And I do apologise, but we decided it'd be better to give you something rubbish rather than nothing at all. So uh, we went for the something well, rubbish exactly, option. You, know, you can't expect quality every week, John. You, you've been basically hammering it up in Berlin for the last two days. So yeah. uh, there you go. Yeah, I mean, literally, I got in the door an hour ago and I've li- walked over to my laptop, turned it on. First time it's been on for a week. Uh, I'm going to be brutally honest on Tuesday night scores in the scaffold were a million miles away from my, uh, from my mindset. I was far too busy getting tanked up uh, with, with my mate who I hadn't seen for three years. Uh, and we had a, an absolute whale of a time. So, uh, but even, you know, even though I've been away, the Kent Only podcast remains in my heart. Um, I've, just going to start watching some telly. I've not watched the telly, obviously, either. It's got nothing to talk about with well, that. Well, we'll you can just... watch the programme now, John. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the film. It's on BBC4. It's a bit pointless saying this because everybody's watching it. Blazing Saddle. Have you ever seen the film? Oh, Blazing... what, what? my dad loves that film. It's, it's a classic, absolute classic film. Again, it wouldn't be made these days, but that oh, is no. a, that it's a, if you've never seen Blazing Saddles, the film, it's absolute genius. It takes the mickey out of itself completely. And probably in this day and age, it probably works, but it would never be made. But yeah, Blazing Saddles, what a film. So while you do editing, you could stick that on, John, and you'll be cracking up all the way through. Absolutely. Uh, I just want to... Um... I just want to apologise to uh, to regular listener Daniel Story as well because I've done your lot uh, a real turn today. Um, I've been pretty naughty on the trains uh, today because I, I I got the train to and from the airport. Uh, I kind of wish I hadn't. On reflection, should have just got the, drove driven my car up there. But the parking was so expensive. Um, but I wasn't booked on a train until nearly nine o'clock, and then my flight got in at like quarter to seven, and I was like, I'm not spending two hours around this airport. Uh, I tried to get down onto the platform. But my ticket wasn't valid uh, because it was only, I could only go 20 minutes before my train was supposed to go. I then tried to get some information from someone at the station and was told I had to queue up for 15 minutes to get any information to even speak to a human being. Uh, so I then decided to be pretty naughty uh, and I bought a ticket on the next plane, on the next train um, to Eastbourne, zapped through, got on the platform, realised I could cancel that ticket for nothing, cancelled the ticket, got on the first train that came in. And got all the way back down to Eastbourne. Didn't pay. I, I just used my, my the ticket that I bought. And uh, Dan works on the trains. Um, obviously, train drivers and train staff uh, aren't happy with their current paying conditions. And I therefore would like to apologise to Daniel and all of his colleagues for the fact that I've absolutely robbed about a tenner off you this evening. Um, yeah, I'm a bad I'm a bad boy. What can I say? Uh, anyway, thank you, everybody, for listening to this. I'm really sorry about the quality of this week's show. We won't be entering this one uh, when the awards season comes around because uh, it's not our finest work. Um, but you can find us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, search for Kent Only Podcast. I'm at John Phipps 81. I still remain less popular than the train. And Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Thank you to Lee Hook for his time. Well done, mate. Keep it up. And uh, we'll speak to you all next week on a much improved Kent Only Podcast. You don't have an idea, mate.